Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. Today's episode is one of several on marriage. And here with me is uh, my wife, Chris, and we're camping in our travel trailer at Mistletoe State Park in Georgia. Our two dogs are with us, and I can only hope that they'll stay quiet throughout the recording. The subject of marriage is something that Chris and I have had to learn the depth of different issues during our 15 years of being married. And whether you're single, uh, married, or divorced, the principles of relationship can apply to each one of us. And for Chris and I, we've both been, you know, you start out single, get married, end up single again, and then get married after being divorced, going through remarriage. And so some of these things, we hope you'll find them helpful uh, wherever you're at in your relationship. And so in this series, we're going to discuss issues that we've encountered, the struggles involved, and uh, some of the outcomes. First off, we want to share how we met and what led us to get married, but also going back further and let you know some of our backgrounds that had an effect on us after we married. So Chris, you go first. Well, my childhood wasn't anything super crazy or off the wall, but um I had, I grew up with two parents. They got divorced uh, when I was around 10, I believe. One parent was pretty supportive, but somewhat absent, sometimes physically, sometimes emotionally. Had another parent who was supportive in front of others, but when it was just us, very judgmental and often used guilt to manipulate me and other people. Uh, we moved around a lot so just because of work. So a lot of my relationships were not long-term, which I kind of carried into adulthood. Both of my parents were alcoholics, but my dad quit drinking. I think I was around 12 years old. He ended up accepting the Lord as his, as his Savior, and I can, I can testify he is a changed man because of it. So moving on to, I was in my early 20s, uh, my first marriage. Uh, admittedly, I was kind of playing the part of a Christian, but I wasn't really living for God, and neither was he. Uh, we struggled with infertility, and then I had a miscarriage, which was a quite a struggle. And then I finally got pregnant with uh, my son, who is now 19. His father left when my son was only two months old, and so I was a single mom working shift work as a law enforcement officer for about four years before David and I got together. Yeah, oh, that's good. Uh, some of my background is uh, it had a violent childhood. My father was a violent alcoholic, and then my mother divorced him and married an even more violent alcoholic. In that violence, in the absence of, you know, parental love and affection, I developed like this emotional distance from all others. And that I did that to manage the pain. I also, in high school, a lot of anger came out. I was in trouble with fighting a lot. And then into my 20s, I got married early uh 20s, late teens, early 20s. It was a long time ago. And I, I was passive aggressive thinking I was being a better man than the example I had, you know, from the two father figures from my childhood. But the passive aggressive is very harmful in a relationship. And long term in that first marriage, it led to the destruction of that marriage and divorce at the 30th year. And so I, I vowed to never remarry, didn't want to go back through that pain again. And after the divorce was final, so I was single for two and a half years. And then 
Chris and I worked at the same department. We'd known each other, you know, at a professional distance for about 10 years. But then she rode with me on a motorcycle ride for a fallen officer. And I'll let her describe her point of view on that ride. And then I'll give my experience with it and then how it ended up leading to marriage. Well, the first thing I can say about that motorcycle ride is that it was cold. It was extremely cold. I think it was about, what, 27 degrees for the majority of that day. It, it was honestly completely platonic when we first got together on this ride. It was, like David said, a memorial ride for an officer who had been killed in the line of duty. And so we were just going out to support each other, you know, all of us. And I didn't have a motorcycle and David did. And so I stood up and asked just in open roll call, does anybody, anybody looking for a passenger? And David almost reluctantly <laughs> said that he was. <laughs> so end up, anyway, we ended up going on this ride. We spent all day together. It, it was very platonic. It, it was not a date in any shape, form or fashion. And we were just kind of hanging out and we got to know each other really well on that ride. We spent a lot of time, you know, just one on one talking. We stopped for lunch at one point. And we just started discovering that we had a lot in common. We had a lot of the same, you know, ideals and shared a lot of the same principles, just life in general. And I started really discovering and noticing that, oh my goodness, I was interested. <laughs> and that's kind of where everything took off for me anyway. Yeah, like she said before, uh, you know, totally professional-based, um, and I even checked with my chain of command to make sure that it, that was an okay thing to do since I was a sergeant on the shift at the time. Like Chris said, it was so cold that day, and there was a couple of thousand motorcycles, if I'm remembering this correctly, and in a long procession like that, it, it takes a while to get to wherever that destination was. Well, we peeled out after an hour or so. I was pretty numb from the cold, and we went to a coffee shop and then got warm, and I asked her if she wanted to go get lunch. And so we went on up to a, a city about 20 or 30 miles away in the mountains of all places when it's cold. And like she said, too, there was just interest started developing as we talked and then as we rode, and I was resisting it the whole time. But then when we got back to headquarters, a friend of ours pulled up, mutual friend, and then Chris, you know, she returned some of the leather gear and then left. And I called this buddy of mine when I got home and I said, hey, bro, it's not like that. I just saw that look on his face when he saw us standing there together. And he's like, no, man, it's all good. What David didn't know at the time was that I had already called our mutual friend because, you know, I'm going home in a small SUV. Heated vehicle. A heated vehicle. <laughs> David had to ride <laughs> home on his motorcycle. But um, I had already called our friend and spoken to him on the way home. And essentially, I mean, to be honest, I asked him, I said, tell me something that's wrong with this man. Because I don't, I don't know that it was necessarily I wasn't looking for a relationship at all. But there is a significant age difference. And, you know, we're both divorced. And so it's just, I don't know, thinking about all the baggage and all the problems that could come with all that. I said, please tell me something that's wrong with this man. And our friend, he just laughed at me and he said, no, no, he's a good man. He's a good man. I said, you're not helping. So anyway, we talked for a little while. And by, so by the time David had called him, we had already spoken. And so he knew that I was interested and he just kind of played with David for a little while, I think, on the phone 
knowing what he knew that David didn't realize. Yeah, this buddy, at least I thought he was a friend, <laughs> um, he just came on so strong. And I finally asked him, like, man, you know, why are you coming on so strong? And he's like, no, you just look good together. So I finally told him, well, if you see Chris again in the next couple of weeks and she wants to hang out, you can tell her, you know, we could ride again or whatever. He's like, no, man, she's already called. So I, I think I knew that uh, I was probably in trouble at that point. So Chris and I just started talking just as friends and the, a relationship developed out of that. And she's talking about the age difference. I went to a friend of mine. He and his wife had a similar age difference, and I asked him to shoot me straight about that difference. And he did. He you know, said, well, after a while, they didn't notice it. And that's proved true, but there are some issues that come up with that when one spouse is significantly older. And by that, it's 19 years. I mean, I some of y'all are out there thinking I'm 50 years older, but it's not that much. But there are issues that come out of that that need to be addressed on the front end. And we spent a lot of time talking before I ever ask her to marry me, and that's something I'll probably cover in a, the next episode about how we got to that point. So to go back over a few things that we want to cover in the future, we'll touch a little bit more on the age difference about raising kids when you've got a stubborn spouse. And if you'll listen to this whole series, I'll let you vote on which one of us is the most stubborn. But I can tell you, we're both like barrel cactus, you know, where you try to get close, but it's like very prickly. The issues that we faced as a blended family, like her son was three years old when we first met. And then I think he turned four about the time we married. And her son couldn't be uh, this added on like a burden. I had to fall in love with two people. I'd been that stepchild that was resented. And, you know, we she was not about to allow it to happen, and I didn't want you know Jake to have to go through that either. And then the expectations that we had of each other, you know, when it comes to finances and worship, and there are just so many issues that we discussed that first year, but then they became problematic after we married. We'll go into that, like how marriage counseling afterward helped, because we did the premarital counseling, and then it's like also how you can get those. Um, unrealistic expectations of a spouse when we first marry, and then you hope that you don't go into the, a second marriage carrying those, but how subtle some of those expectations can be and what a burden they can be on your spouse, even when you intend to do differently and do better. That'll be what we'll look into and look forward to going through this series with you together. Thank you for your patience as we try to learn to produce these episodes and maybe get a little smoother, but I can tell you they are, I mean, they're candid. You know, we're just sitting here looking out the window at the lake and the camper trying not to bump the table where the boom mic is and trying this different from the scripted episodes that I normally produce with the Bible devotions. I think that just about covers it. You got anything else? I don't. All right. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.